Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from the great state of Nebraska here at UNMC College of Nursing. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to many people's hearts. Each and every one of us has been affected by this in one way or another, and that is cancer. And so we're going to kind of dive into this topic a little bit in the way of risk prevention and screening. And so to do that is our resident expert, Rachel Schmidt. Hi, Rachel. Hi, thank you for the intro. I'm Rachel Schmidt, and I'm the program director at the Fred and Pamela Buffett Cancer Center here in Omaha, Nebraska. I run our cancer risk and prevention clinic as well as our survivorship clinic, but today we're going to focus on cancer risk and prevention. Great. And, and, you know, many of our listeners work within the cancer domain, but many of our nurses do not. And we know that all nurses are interested in overall health and well-being. And although we are there to help when people are diagnosed with cancer, but what we're really interested in is overall health and wellness and making sure that people are trying to prevent as much as as possible. Rachel, what can you tell us about cancer generally? That's a good question. And a common issue is that cancer is actually the second leading cause of death in the United States. Um, It's actually estimated, and this is surprising to a lot of people, but one in two people will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. So it does affect almost everyone. And out of us, one of us, based on statistics, will be diagnosed with cancer, which is unfortunate. Um, With that being said, there's a lot of factors that can contribute to a cancer diagnosis or increase somebody's risk for a cancer diagnosis. And that can include anything from an environmental risk, which is places that we are at normally. So um, are we exposed to something at work? Are we exposed to something that's in our house? Um, Lifestyle factors, such as the choices we make. Are we exercising enough? Are we eating the right foods? Do we use tobacco or alcohol? Are we watching our weight? And then there's things that we can't really change, like our age or gender, and also our genetics. Right. Thank you for that overview, Rachel. You know, one of the prides and joy of our Nebraska Medicine Academic Medical Center here is our Fred and Pamela Buffett Center where we are really trying to grow our ability to treat the entire spectrum from risk prevention all the way through some of the more tricky treatment protocols. And so, although, as I said in the beginning, not all nurses work within the cancer domain, but do you, from your perspective, can you talk to us a little bit about why nurses who typically are involved in a lot of the acute care uh, components of cancer, why would they be interested in learning more about cancer risk and, and different prevention and screening mechanisms? I think that all nurses are important members of anybody's healthcare team, but also this is not just about um, taking care of patients, it's taking care of yourself because you also wanna reduce your own risk for cancer just because it is so prevalent. 
And one of the most important things that all nurses can do when they're taking care of patients or looking at their own risk is trying to figure out family histories. Um, so is this being done yearly? Are we getting enough information? Are we making sure that we're looking at age of diagnoses within cancer family histories? And just knowing what those red flags are too. You know, I'm really glad that you brought that up, Rachel, because uh, one of the characteristics of nurses is that they're so focused on others and really putting all of their energy into caring for their patients and others in their life that oftentimes nurses tend to neglect themselves. And so having a focus on the fact that this this not only affects your patients, but this is about your well-being is such an important message that we want to get across. And so I would ask you then in your perspective, what are some of the things that nurses should be looking out for that maybe would set them up for a screening or a referral? Yeah, so red flags are the big things that we try to focus on. And those are anybody that's had a cancer diagnosis in their family under the age of 50 automatically would qualify for genetic testing, as well as anybody that has a rare form of cancer. Those may be ovarian cancer, pancreas cancer, are kind of the common ones that we think of. Sometimes we think of male breast cancer as well. And then if an individual in their family has multiple cancer diagnoses, so one person having several cancer diagnoses, other things are having more than 10 polyps, colon polyps removed in their entire life. So not just in one colonoscopy, but throughout their entire life. Um, the list goes on. I'm trying to think of some of these off the top of my head, but those are the big ones that we generally think of. Does the Fred and Pamela Buffett Cancer Center have resources that our listeners can link to? Yes, we actually do have a cancer risk and prevention webpage that we can give you the link to in the notes. Wonderful. Well, one of the things that the College of Nursing does is we look out for these very important topics and we want to support efforts in getting the word out about how to better care for patients and how to better care for yourself. And so we've partnered together, haven't we, Rachel? We've got a partnership going on right now. We do. (laughs) Um, Our office has partnered with your office and we are putting together the second annual Contemporary Management of Cancer Risk and Prevention Symposium. What can you tell us about this event? Yeah, so this is actually a really exciting conference that we started last year. This year, we're expanding it. Most people know about hereditary mutations. They might think of BRCA1 or BRCA2, maybe Lynch syndrome, which is a colorectal type of hereditary syndrome. But there's so many other syndromes out there that people need to be aware of if they're interested in this type of cancer screening. So we're really diving deeper into those things because we do know that out of people who are diagnosed with cancer, at least 15% of them are attributed to a genetic mutation. Well, that's kind of scary. (laughs) Yes. For this event, is this for doctors, nurses? Is this for people in general? Who who would benefit from this event? 
We want primary care providers, nurses, advanced practice providers, genetic counselors, basically any healthcare provider that has an interest in cancer risk and prevention. We're going to cover everything from how nutrition can help, what's the newest um, data regarding lung cancer screening, as well as diving into these hereditary cancer syndromes. And also touching on how our cancer risk and prevention clinic works in a multidisciplinary conference. Well, that is really interesting because we know as professionals, we hear all the time that the team-based approach and the continuity of care is critical in the overall patient outcomes statistics. And so can you just say a couple of words on what that team-based approach looks like at the Cancer Center? Yes, we started the multidisciplinary clinic for cancer risk and prevention a couple years ago, and one of the overarching goals was to try to minimize how many appointments a person, let's say with BRCA1 or BRCA2, was going to for a consult. Before this clinic was started, they would have to see a breast surgeon, a gynecologic oncologist, or just a gynonc, and potentially a pancreas doctor to get the appropriate recommendations. So that's three different providers. And when we instituted this program, now we have a one-stop shop to get all of these recommendations. We present patients up front in this multidisciplinary conference that has each specialty attending, but then they only have to come see the advanced practice provider at one visit to get the recommendations. So it's really streamlined everything. They can get all of the screenings, which might be mammograms, MRIs, um, et cetera, done with this advanced practice provider. But then when they need to go on for surgeries, then we will get the surgeons involved. Well, this sounds amazing. And from a patient perspective, this sounds like music to the ears. It is very difficult. I don't know if you've had this experience or not, but I know that with me trying to navigate the healthcare system for me and my family members is difficult enough and I'm in it. <laughs> so I can imagine that that this greatly increases the satisfaction of those that that participate in this model. Yes, it does. It also provides a really great place to have um, research started so we can identify people that may qualify for new protocols. And it's just a really nice place. If there's updates in the guidelines, we know where they're all located. Not every provider needs to reach out to the patient to give them the new guidelines. Well, that that actually, uh, th thanks for that, because it's a wonderful segue into the last thing I wanted to touch on, and that is how our listeners can both support the efforts, the risk prevention efforts that we talked about today, and then how they can best connect with them. And your mention of research makes me think, well, this isn't only about the treatment or the screenings or the prevention it's also about finding a better way for the future. So if I if I may say that would be one way to support is, is understanding that by participating in this, in the Fred and Pamela Buffett Cancer Center model and clinics that you get connected to the latest and greatest research as well. And now that I've started answering the, my question, <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, what other ways can our listeners connect with and support these efforts? 
by coming to our conference that's coming up on February 24th. That would be a great way to get introduced into the team and figure out what are the guidelines, what resources are out there for patients, um, how we can help support family practice if that's what you are in. Um, because we don't want to take patients away from family practice. We want to be there to help guide them as well. So by coming to our conference, and then also if you have any questions about our multidisciplinary clinic and you want to refer a patient, we will provide that website as well. I think that might be one of the things that folks are most interested in, and that is how do I how do I connect with these resources? And uh, instead of doing it on a one-on-one -on -one basis, having all the information in a one-stop shop with the conference seems like the way to go. Uh, Rachel, I can't thank you enough for being here today and sharing your knowledge. We will put all of the information that we talked about today in our show notes so that our listeners have access to you and all of the resources that you so diligently provide. And then if there's any other questions, uh, can we refer them back to you? Of course. Yes. I can provide my email for everyone. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We really love putting forth information for nurses by nurses here at RN Huddle. We were talking today with Rachel Schmidt, who is the Survivorship and Cancer Risk and Prevention Program Director at the Fred and Pamela Buffett Cancer Center here in Omaha, Nebraska. And we did talk about cancer screening and risk prevention and, and lots of different facts about cancer and, and how to keep ourselves healthy and how to support one another in that too. So thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed and learned from this episode. We'll see you back here next time on RN Huddle. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.